But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. They want us to believe in UFOs. They're preparing us for a fake alien invasion. That's always been the plan. A one world government. The only way to do it is to get us to embrace it. Houston, we have a plan. We destroyed that technology. People should not be walking around with masks. That stuff is flat. There's your flu. Last year. Here's your flu this year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hitler Effect. And as promised, we have them. Your favorite, okay? Especially Rockfin. You're killing on Rockfin. Favorite? Yeah, your favorite, Eddie Bravo. Welcome to the Hippler Effect. Thanks for coming on, brother. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I'm not nobody's favorite, dog. You know, but <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I just talk a little shit and um, <laughs> try to sprinkle some strip club stories in there just to uh, keep it on. Let everybody know. Hey, I, I, I'm, I am not Captain Conspiracy 24-7. I'm not. I'm not, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk, you know, and I'm not one of those guys that, um, oh, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm perfect. I, I've, you know, I'm a fucking freak. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, um, I look, I look at it from this perspective. Well, I, uh, for, for, for example, though, right now we're going to be on YouTube for the first 20 minutes. I give previews out. So we're going to keep it non-conspiratorial, um, you know, standard topics uh, for my YouTube audience. Then we'll head over to Rockfin. But I just saw you. Uh, it was epic uh, to watch you and Bryce Mitchell on the ground. I'm not into jujitsu and MMA, obviously, the way you guys are. It's not, there's not even comparison. But to watch that with my own eyes, um, it was magical, man. And I, I had fun. I had fun. We had fun. Bryce, he, um, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, Bryce Mitchell. He's a UFC superstar. His um, truck game, his twister game, is probably the best in UFC history. Really, like he, there's he's so good with it, and I mean it comes from wrestling. I learned it in high school wrestling, and uh, but very few high school wrestlers would play that style. Like every school had like one or two guys and they call them leg riders. Oh, dude, watch that guy. He's a leg rider. He's one of those sneaky guys. But 95% of wrestlers don't leg ride. And when I wrestled in high school, when I was a freshman, uh, I was, you know, I hated lifting weights back then. I wasn't explosive. I wasn't strong. I was just uh, sneaky, I guess. But um, there was... um, a, a junior and a senior, uh, both Mexicans. This was at Santa Ana High. And back you were a in, freshman? I was a freshman. Yeah. And there was this this junior. His name was Alex Nicochia. He's a wrestler. He was a leg rider. And the only other leg rider was Jesse Barrios. He was a senior. They were the only two leg riders. They were the weird players. They did weird shit. It was, it was almost like being left-handed. It was yeah. almost like that. Something, you know. But, um... They took me under their wing because they saw me like, you know, uh, hiding from the strength and conditioning classes. Everybody would be in the weight room and I'd be like on the side of the building, like just hiding and shit. I'm like, I ain't doing this stupid shit. I never was into strength and conditioning. I am now. <laughs> I have to be. I have a choice. Yeah, yeah you have no choice. Up, that. Dog. 
I got these fucking savages coming after me, so I got to stay strong, dog. But back then, I was avoiding it. And so Jesse Barrios and Alex Nicotia took me under their wing. No, dude, you're going to have to, if you're not going to uh, rely on upper body strength, you're going to have to use your legs. And they showed me the leg riding, the unorthodox, funky style of wrestling. Not, it's very rare. Not a lot of people do it. And um, that was, that just became my style. And uh, Bryce, he saw some videos, you know, cause I ended up doing it in jujitsu and then people in the jujitsu community would call it the twister. I didn't name it the twister in wrestling. It's called the guillotine. Okay. But, but in jujitsu, there's already a guillotine. There's a bunch of forms of guillotine and they have nothing to do with leg riding. So it got, it's confusing. Uh, it would be confusing to call that the guillotine. I guess I called it the guillotine when I was a white belt jujitsu when I came in, but the machados like Higgin and John Jock, my masters, they would just call it the twist. They thought I made it up. The Brazilians thought I made that shit. I'm like, no, dude, this is just a wrestling move. They thought, and then they started calling me the twister. Then the, the twister became my nickname, but it's all from a, a fucking high school wrestling move. It's like WWF, it's the abdominal stretch. Did you ever watch WWF? I actually did for a while. WC. I was more WCW. I was a Goldberg fan. Um, but, but did they? But but did they have ad- abdominal stretches? Oh yeah, you know dude. What that is? yeah. Well, I remember those even when you played the video game. Yeah, you would be able to to customize your moves. That was one of the basic moves. Honestly, it was just huh. the like it was a you know one nothing special that, in the video game at least. Yeah. That's a twister. But there's in in wrestle in pro wrestling. Yeah, they do it standing up. It doesn't work standing up. The only time it works standing up is if you were like leaning against a wall or a fence. Or if you're but staging it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but in reality, it's on the ground. It's mm. the same exact move, but you got to be on the ground to do it. It's a legit move. And <clears throat> um, so Bryce wrestled. He wrestled in high school. And I don't know if he learned or fucked with it at all in high school, but um he ended up watching some YouTube videos that I made. Uh, I think uh, he, he said he watched the one where um, the Korean zombie, um, I don't know, man, he's a UFC fighter, Korean guy, Korean okay. zombie. He twisted, he did. He had the first twister in the UFC against, uh, who was it against? Leonard Garcia, I think. And were they calling it a guillotine then? Or were they saying, hey, this guy's No, they called it a twist. Hey, hey, Joe Rogan was commentating. Okay. So what do you think he called it? <laughs> yeah, whatever. If Joe Rogan would have just started calling it, it has a bunch of names. It has a bunch of names. The guillotine in in uh, high school wrestling, um, uh, uh, the abdominal stretch in pro wrestling, and in Japanese pro wrestling, it's called the Cobra Twist. Okay. So it has different names. There's a lot of moves out there that have multiple names. You know, Russians named it this, Americans named it that, the Brazilians call it that. It's the same move. So but how do you look same- at it like this? Do you take whether it's guillotine, twister, you looked at it from a perspective of, I like this style, I like this move, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on this, and then I'm going to, what, make it my own in a sense, or make, you know, do something no, different? No, it? It, was, it was more like Alex Nicotia and Jesse Barrios taught it to me as a freshman, nice. and I, uh, adopted that style, loved it, like, okay, cool, I get, cause they told me, oh, dude, if you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna lift weights, you got to get creative. And uh, so I just, I just, you know, I would loved it. And one, once, um, 
like I only, you know, after ninth grade, I quit. I'm like, it was too hard. Wrestling was just too hard. I, I did a one year in high school and one year in junior high school. And, and then that was it. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to be a rock star dog. This fucking, <laughs> this athletic shit is too crazy. But I always held on. I always thought like, even though, even though I wasn't wrestling anymore, any fight I would get into, I would just fucking double. I never, I was shitty at wrestling with straight double legs. I was, I, I was always a counter wrestler. I'd let dudes shoot on me and then I'd sprawl on them. I had a good front headlock and I could sprawl on dudes. I was always afraid of shooting and getting caught with a knee in my teeth. So many wrestlers are missing teeth. And I'm like, I don't want that shit. I was, uh, I was too scared to shoot. But a dude on the street that doesn't wrestle, I'm like, I'll take this motherfucker. Automatic. You know what I mean? Yep. I could take dudes that don't know how to wrestle. I could, dude, I could look like an Olympic gold medalist against them. <laughs> so, and when, even though I quit wrestling, yeah. and, and, you know, in, in, uh, there was uh, this one uh, fight in uh, in the 12th grade that I got into. And I thought I was cheating. I thought I was being a pussy by just taking them down and holding them down, you know, and controlling them. I thought I was that was fighting like a pussy, but I was never trying to be a tough guy. So I didn't care. Like if someone said, dude, you know, what would you do in a fight? I go, dude, I don't give a fuck. I'll just take a dude down and hold him down. I don't give a fuck. This, these dudes on the street can't out-wrestle me. I'll, I'll just take them down and just hold them and just punch their stomach until someone breaks it up. I was never trying to be a tough guy. I was trying to be a rock star. Yeah, you was, weren't walking around like, I'll beat your ass, I'll beat your ass, come at me, come at me. You were just like, no, hey, like, if, if someone wants to it? try me, I got to move, and I'm sticking to that. I, it yeah. works, right? Yeah, yeah. And I always knew that I... I would never try like uh, a twister in a street fight. I would just use a double leg, take them down. I would do twisters in wrestling because that these guys were good at wrestling. So I had to be sneaky and find other ways to beat them because I couldn't beat them with a straight uh, takedown. Yeah. They were just, I was just shitty. But on the streets, these guys, if you're not training wrestling, I felt like the takedown uh, is going to be pretty fucking easy. And I had a few fights, and that's all I did. I would just take a guy down and hold him and shit, wait for someone to break it up. I'm like, I don't give a fuck as long as I didn't get hurt. you know. I, but I always thought I was fighting, like I was cheating. I, I thought like taking the fight to the ground was cheating. And um, But I always knew that uh, like I would be like, wrestling you know i'm in my early 20 or like maybe 21 or whatever i'm wrestling with one of my cousins you know we're on this i'm like i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna put you in a fucking twist of this shit i learned a few years ago gotta show so off i always knew family. i had yeah. i always knew i had that in my back pocket and when i finally got into jujitsu i went into jujitsu class um i had like that was my one weapon you know i, I wrestled a little bit i go this is a lot like wrestling shit i didn't know uh fighting on the ground was like not uh pussy fighting Oh yeah. shit! It's actually badass fighting. Oh my god, that's what I did. I, might I thought be it, was bad. it might be res more respected than just you know a bully punching some kid in the face. I mean, it's like you know, it's like it's more respected. The technique is more respected because you walk in any high school and go, "Hey, who knows how to do this move or this move?" It's like, dude, you might have a few people that are into it nowadays, but most most people with a fighting mind, you know, or a fighter in their mind, they they just want to strike. They just want to punch someone, especially people I know. They think they can fight because they, they punch someone in the face. But you punch someone in the face that knows the moves you know or even half of them, and, and that's not going to work. And that's the beauty of this art that i pretty late in the game of even noticing, you know. And you guys are doing it in a professional way. And again, man, just for my audience, I mean, 
to watch Eddie and Bryce, it's it's like it, it feels like I try to go back in my mind of like, hey, I, I I was watching, you know, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, you know, one on one practicing and like I'm just on the court and, and they're both like, yeah, you could watch us. That's kind of how it felt in this sport, in a sense. And again, because I'm not into the sport the way you guys are, and I'm late in the game of even like paying attention to this stuff. And I'm learning from you, obviously. I mean, I produce your, you know, look into it, and I'm always paying attention to what you guys are saying, especially when it's an MMA topic. And it's just, there's so much I don't know, man. I started teaching jujitsu thinking, thinking that this is just going to be uh, a side thing, a temporary yeah. full a full-time job okay. and I'd always felt like I would still teach because before 10th planet I was teaching dudes on the side I was already teaching like you know on the side I love teaching jujitsu um okay so I didn't know that okay but uh I fully thought that I was going to conquer the music business I really did I thought I was going to be uh like Rick Rubin you know okay. just this producer that uh great producer yeah yeah that's what I thought I thought like, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know but also be in the bands that I'm producing and play in the bands that I'm producing, but, but still have that. That's what I thought. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong, but I never stopped making music. Like I n- never stopped making the best possible music that I can make. I, I went from project to project to project. And, but that was just the time where I'm like, you know what? No one gives a shit about my music. Uh, you know, there's about like 20 people worldwide that like my music and i make my music for them there's like you say 20, 20 people worldwide worldwide dog and, and along the flat plane <laughs> but 20 people there's dude come on i'll tell you right now man I, although it's you know uh parody music and stuff like that i enjoy it it's it's something that i like it's it's good music though regardless of of your opinion it's i'm telling you you guys are making good music and it's uh it's it's good to hear, man. Well, thank you. You know, there's a book called Mastering the Metal that one of my students wrote, Zach Moore. Yeah. He he basically wrote the story of what we're talking about, my musical journey and how it merged into jujitsu. And um, it's kind of like um, just the backstory on 10th Planet, really. And there's a lot of music involved. And uh, my best friend growing up, James Watson, he's a giant part of it. You know, he was my music partner since, since I was 16. Yeah. He was 24. I was 16. We, we formed a, a speed metal band called resistance. He was from Arkansas and he was on the Bryce, the Bryce Mitchell episode. I had James on cause you know, they're both from Arkansas. I'm Eddie Bravo founder of 10th planet jujitsu with over 150 schools and over 30,000 soldiers worldwide. Music has always been my deepest passion. Without that musical journey that I took, uh, I probably wouldn't be here right now. I can't tell my music story without having my uh, musical partner, my whole life and best friend, Mr. James Watson. I said, I want to be in a band no matter what. Oh, well, there it is. I got to move to Los Angeles. I said, I got to go to that place. If this California is supporting metal. Me and James just started making music. Mastering the Metal, the story of James Watson and Eddie Bravo. Print and audiobook available now. Yeah, that's the whole story right there. Zach did a tremendous job 
writing that book. Uh, the cover's awesome. It's got James. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, oh man. Uh, Hannah, cover, Va- man. Yep. Hannah Vandermolen, who's a good friend of mine, she painted that. And it was just, it was perfect, man. That just pretty much captures what that whole story is about. Because me and James moved to Hollywood. We're not, you know, 1991. We thought we were just going to take over, dog. We had like a Lincoln Park type band, but this was like you 1991. Did, I know what I mean, but you did though. So I can kind of like- Lincoln Park that. came out in 2000. Yeah. Lincoln Park came out in 2000. Yeah. We did that shit in 1991. So anyways, uh, he ended up, you know, in our, right in the middle of our musical journey, he ends up getting cancer yeah. and he survived, but he went through a lot of shit and th- went through so much shit that, we couldn't keep our musical journey going. You know, I had to figure out what the fuck I was going to do. So I, you know, I started smoking weed. I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't like now it's been, it had been about exactly 10 years, me and James making music 10 years. And it was just going to be me and James forever. It was just going to be, we're going to fucking, we're going to conquer this shit. And he gets cancer. He gets sidelined. He's still alive. He's fucking awesome. He has the greatest, the greatest attitude and personality of all time. Um, but this was back in 97 when he got diagnosed. And all of a sudden, I'm like, damn, what am I going to do musically now? Shit. So I started smoking weed. And then right when I started smoking weed, I realized that how biased I was with music and how detrimental that would be to my musical career um it's like uh i was like wait a minute like i was smoking weed (sighs) why am i so fucking down for kiss no matter what bullshit album they put out (sighs) what what i started to realize that i was i'm trying to make it in the music business right but i'm super biased with music and that's not good I, to make it in music, you would think you up. have to be that you have to be unbiased. Yeah. Like it's all about the quality of the melody and the song, not who fucking wrote it, not what band it is. I found I, I realized that man, there were some bands that I didn't like for like personal reasons, not because of their melodies, not because of their songs, but, but like for instance, Chris Cornell. Yeah. from Soundgarden. Soundgarden yeah. That dude, when Soundgarden came out, Chris Cornell looked like a fucking model. Long <laughs> hair, he looked like a model. He looked, damn, dude. He, he could have easily been a Calvin fucking Klein superstar. Chris, Chris Cornell. And this was 1991, 92, when Outshine first hit MTV. Outshine was their first big hit. Yeah. And I was going out with a stripper her name, her stripper name was Sadie. And we were in our apartment in Hollywood. I'm 21. I just moved to Hollywood, started dating a stripper. The TV's on MTV and Outshine comes on. And she freaks the fuck out. She gets on her knees in front of the TV. And, right in front of her and, and she's like him. this, like it's the fucking <laughs> Beatles. And I'm sitting on her bed, you know, in the cut going, fuck. Sound guard, fuck <laughs> that dude. I hope He's that dude. Oh, yeah, whoop yeah. his ass. He sucks. Die. Yeah, fuck. So 
anytime someone would play Soundgarden, I had like some negative bias towards it. Like, fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> I hope they fail. I hope that fucking album doesn't sell shit. So I had that in me. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to produce music and I'm biased about music. Yeah. That can't be good. Can you imagine a football team being biased like a like a like a general manager, even the owner? They yeah. want they want the best motherfuckers. Yep. They don't give a they want the best motherfuckers. No, we're only have. we're only going to draft from uh, U of I. Uh, that's it. That's our only school. It's like they, they can't do that. They have imagine the best that. people. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. That they're only going to draft from schools that they like in the schools. Like maybe when they were in college, they hated Georgia Tech. Like, fuck yeah, Georgia exactly. Tech. Fuck, fuck those Georgetown, guys. And, then, yeah. and now this guy is like a general manager yeah. who has ultimate green light power in yeah. selecting players in the draft and he's gonna go and they have an opportunity to get this superstar from georgia tech was like fuck that i hate that school right <laughs> it would never happen yeah but that's the it point it would never yeah. happen never it would never happen never. so i'm trying to be a music producer and i got that kind of reasoning going on in my head i was like <sighs> and i'm like oh my motherfucking god and then i just realized that I have to just lose if if I want to make the best music possible, I have to lose all my bias. So from that point on, I would just listen to music. Just I didn't give a fuck who the artist was. I didn't give a fuck who wrote it. I I do enjoy that. I do like rockumentaries. I do yeah. I like hearing the process of how songs got put together. I'm very into that. I'm super into that. Uh, I remember the process of a lot of songs I've written, I think I, like, I think that's important for people that like the music. Like if you oh, really yeah. love the song and you put a song on repeat, if I put a song on repeat, I want to know like who the fuck wrote it. Like, like I want to know the, pro I would love to know the story. Yeah. Like, if you like, want, if you could, I, you probably would, would do anything to watch even two, three straight days of unedited them actually creating the sound, creating the song. Yeah. Cause writing. Every, yeah. Yeah, every song has got like a whole different story. Some songs are like, oh, I wrote the fucking the first line of the chorus and I I wrote that 15 years ago. I had it on a tape and then I got signed and then on our third album, we needed new shit. So I went back and looked, I'm like, oh shit, took it to the producer and he said, fuck, I'm going to take that line and we're going to make a whole song out of it. I love that. It's shit. never a stupid story. I love You're never shit. really going to find a dumb story involved in any song, really. There's always a creative genius behind it. Um, and, some sort and, of story a lot of times right people now. a lot of times people don't remember how it got to how it came together yeah. either like the song hey joe that Jimi hendrix song turns yeah. out it's a cover and not only is it a cover but nobody knows who wrote the original because so many people did that cover like in the 50s and the 60s everybody was doing that like who fucking wrote this documentary on that and and then Jimi hendrix is like the hundredth guy to do it and then he blows it up you know what i mean so like that song that's a myth like nobody will ever know the process of hey joe and how it came together and that those lyrics are fucking deep dog hey joe yeah. it's it's crazy that people don't know that like the origins of it now what what when you started to open up i mean and and be unbiased towards music at that time, well, before that switch turned on to being unbiased, what were there certain types of genres of music that you were also biased towards growing up or up until that point? You're like, I hate country. I hate this or whatever it was. What was it before you opened up your, you know, unbiased music? 
path? What what well, were the types of music you're like, dude, I won't even listen to them? Oh, yeah, man. In the 80s, like I said, liking bands was like liking uh, a football team. Like my football team was Kiss. Eric across okay. the street, his football team was the police. No matter what, the new police album's going to be good. And Rush. And then my friend Matt. His football team was Journey. My brother's football team was Van Halen. You know, and and you look it, yeah. and, and and my football team was Kiss. And goddamn, we needed to fucking trade our guitar player and our fucking drummer because uh, Kiss is like for me. I was looking at it like a football team. Yeah. My brother had Van Halen. Eric had oh he had Rush and the Police. Rush. So I was Kiss was dealing with Rush and and Van Halen and Ace really looking back he's a legend and I love him a big kiss freak but technically he was nowhere near Eddie Van Halen or fucking uh um Alex Lifeson from Rush well and so technically Brooks, kiss was the Cleveland Browns kiss was the Cleveland Browns for sure <laughs> I mean yeah, the most loyal the most loyal fans yeah the most loyal fans no matter what they're gonna stick with kiss no matter what through thick and thin through the fucking, through crazy nights, you know what I mean? Through whatever, through Paul Stanley doing some fucking, I don't know what he's doing, bebop music now. They're going to stick with them no matter what, no matter what. And uh, You're a loyal like a guy. Football, like, like a football team. Yeah. So I had Ace, I had Ace really, I needed, I needed another guitar. We need to trade this motherfucker. We need to cut that motherfucker. Even though he's a legend, like Ace really is a legend. He's a legend to say that is blasphemous, but you got to understand he wasn't a legend quite back then. This was like right when it was happening, right when Kiss went through their sellout stage, they're doing disco and they're doing fucking concept records, which I love the elder, one of my favorite albums, but I was a kid. I didn't know what a sellout was. Yeah. All I knew, all I knew is like, damn, Eddie Van Halen shreds. We need a new guitar player now. <laughs> and then our drummer, Peter Chris was even worse than Ace Freely, technically. Tech was worse. I mean, we're dealing with Neil Peart from Rush. I had a, we were battling people would talk shit on your, talking shit on my drummer. I couldn't talk shit on fucking their drummer. I couldn't, they're talking shit on my guitar player. I'm like, God damn it. So one day my friend comes over. I play Peter Chris's shitty ass drum solo from 100,000 years in 1975. I play that shit on my record, not on 33, on fucking the 74 or whatever it is, like real fast. Yeah. And you know, you know one thing I just thought of right now? Huh. Isn't the record, isn't vinyl speed 33? I believe so, yeah. Oh. Is it? Let's look at Dude, it. Dude, if it is, if that, <laughs> if that speed is 33, dog. Vinyl records come in three speeds, 33 and one third RPM, often just called 33. It's abbreviation for real. Yeah, 33, 33, 45, 78. 78, I would play it on 78. I played it, I paid Peter Chris's drum solo on 78. And my buddy, whose who's NFL team was Rush, yeah. Neil Pert, Neil Pert, like the, greatest fucking drummer of all time dog neil Pert, insane shredder only shredder to go mainstream no other shredder went mainstream nobody was doing shredding drums like neil Pert and yeah. with gigantic worldwide hits nobody was doing everybody was keeping it. they could do that maybe but they were afraid to do it on a mainstream hit because they didn't want to get fired by the record they don't overplay shit 
But Neil Peart didn't give a fuck. I'm going to play everything. And he made it with Tom Sawyer. The song Tom Sawyer, just those drums are in high, high level. No, Peter Chris could never do anything like that. Peter Chris was a blue belt compared to Neil Peart, who would be like a fucking coral belt. Okay. Um, so I was stuck with shitty play. I wanted to trade them. So when most Kiss fans, they got depressed when Peter and Ace left. I was like, thank God, get the fuck out of here. Let's get the shredder in this moment. Like, we needed a trade. We needed a trade. You know what I mean? Get him the fuck out of here. I was like, quicker. Uh, you're like, overdue, man. Overdue. We, we should have did this trade years ago. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, watching each draft. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious, man. Well, you know what? You had Team Kiss, but I'll be honest with you, man. Out of all the bands you name, I'm from Chicago, so I was around hip hop only. But I still knew who Kiss was, at least. I still knew yeah, who Kiss, that was. Yeah. All the bands you just named now, of course, I know who they are now, and for years now, obviously Rush and everybody. But it, it's like at the time growing up, I I didn't hear of any of them. So Kiss was still winning where I'm from because they were still popular <laughs> in my in my neighborhood, dude. So your team was yeah, still popular. Their success is undeniable. Yeah. And when they did their reunion tour, because they took off their makeup in uh, 82 yeah. or 83. They took out their makeup in 83 and then lost a couple of their original members. Uh, they were like a regular band with no makeup uh, up until like, dude, from 83 to 96, 83 to 96 or 95. They went no makeup. Everyone thought, oh, my God, remember those days in the 70s? It's the 90s now. Yeah. And people would say, dude, remember way back in the 70s, early Kiss? Oh, my God, that was the best. It was so nostalgic. And, you know, the last, uh, what, 13 years, something like 12, 13 years, they're playing with no makeup. Just regular, you know, and most KISS fans are like, they hate the non-makeup years. They're like, fuck those years. But you know what? I was, they were my team. I had to like them no matter what. I liked hot. I, I made myself like hot in the shade. I made myself <laughs> like that shit. It's horrible. But uh, so uh, that's not good. Um, and then they put their makeup. They had a reunion tour. Like, oh, my God, reunion. In the middle of the death of metal, all metal bands died, but the KISS reunion transcended the death march that all the metal bands had to uh, partake in. You know, the, all metal bands just went down. Only a few survived. Only And KISS survived because, damn, they, did, they put their makeup back on, so it didn't matter that grunge killed yeah, all the OG yeah. fans were going to come back out of the woodworks and support. Yeah, it didn't it was matter. in a big way. It, it wasn't was like it was just enough. like a little couple fans came out of the wood. Like everyone that yeah. ever loved them out. was like, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, we get another chance to. And they got their original members back and they put the makeup back. Yeah. So grunge had no effect on that. Zero. And that was a huge. All that shit. That was a huge move for them. I think that they. Not saying they wouldn't they have been legendary right without it, but they still would have been legendary without the comeback. But that just solidified it, really. That you saw the impact, and I know about this because of always talking to you about it and hearing you talk about it. But you see the impact of of just selling out stadiums again. It was like holy shit, like just like they're that. Back. They're like, we're back, it's, boom. It's yeah. crazy that yeah. that uh, people don't understand the peaks and valleys of the Kiss timeline. 
Yeah. It's insane because when they were down, dude, the reason why they took their makeup off is they were, they were as popular as like, or had as much integrity and credibility as Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right, though. They did. Yeah. Everybody they had knew to who they were. You see them? Yeah. The, they had, the, the last tour, the, la the crazy thing is the last tour where they're like, they, it was just a complete disaster. They did the death march. That's what Paul Stanley called it. Yeah. Uh, in the United States, every fucking venue, man. They were selling out gigantic. They were the biggest band in the world in 77. And by 82, 2,000 people would show up at 10,000-seat arenas. It was like it, they had to. They, were, they didn't know what they were going to do. But the crazy thing is when they decided to take that makeup off, they still had a couple dates in Brazil. They went down in Brazil, and they're down in the dumps. They can't sell. They can't sell shit in the United States. They're, they're about to die. They are vanilla ice level, yeah. and they go to Brazil and they play their biggest shows ever. They're like in soccer stadiums, like a hundred thousand fucking people, a hundred thousand people. And I bet you they looked Brazil. around like, dude, we're back, man. Multiple shows, multiple yeah. shows. And everybody in the audience is like, oh, my God, this is the greatest show ever. And in their heads, they're on stage going, we suck. Because yeah. they knew <laughs> that was just temporary. Like the next day, all those people would be gone. Yeah. And reality would set in that, that they, they can't sell a ticket. <laughs> and uh, they can't move shit in the United States. So they decided, fuck, okay, before we quit. Let's just take out our makeup and see what happens. They took their makeup off, 1983, the Lick It Up album, and it blew up. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, shit. So it blew up. It did blow up like uh, 77 status, but it blew up and put them in the mix. Like now we're in the 80s. We're touring, Motley Crue's touring, we're touring, Iron Maiden's touring, all these metal bands are touring, and they're like in the mix. They're not like, you know, uh, putting down any staggering numbers but they're playing arenas they're back they're playing arenas they're, so they had there was a non-makeup era and then when they just um when metal died and they said fuck it let's put the makeup back on it's been a long ass time it got so big and they got the original members the crazy thing is they the reason those two guys left were like drug they got all fucked up on coke and they were just it was just like like they were they just got too fucked up they yeah. they just they were a liability. They couldn't even find them for, you know, um, on they were, you know, uh, they didn't know where the fuck they were at. They ended up making the last couple albums. They weren't even on the album. They couldn't even find them. They're like, we got to make albums. So eventually, they're like, oh, we got to kick this motherfucker out. He's not even on the album. We're pretending he's on the album. He's like, we couldn't even, we don't know where the fuck he's at. So they kick him out. So when they did the reunion, those guys were, that the guys that came back, they were happier than anybody. They're like, oh my God. Those dreams that I had of the glory days, they're fucking back. They're back. They're back. They, and bigger than ever. Bigger than ever. Bigger, bigger than, than ever. ever. Yeah. So it's like, a like they can't fucking believe it because the guys that left, they weren't doing that great. They weren't doing that great. They was like, where's the money coming in? I mean, I'm sure they're getting some royalties and shit, but they weren't doing that great. They would put together, they put out albums and they wouldn't sell shit. They'd like play fucking house of blues and shit. You know what I mean? And then well, you're and that now it becomes your NFL team. The kiss band is back in the playoffs. You're like, Wait, whoa, whoa, we're back Dude, in the playoffs the now. Bowl. What the fuck? They just won the Super Bowl. Dog. Yeah. They oh, just, there you go. And this was That's 95 before the weed, yeah. before, before the weed and before James got cancer is 95. I can't 95, 96. I can't fucking believe it. I get there. Cause I never saw him with makeup. 
I was too young. So almost went to one show with makeup, but I was nine. And then we didn't end up going. They played Anaheim, the Anaheim Convention Center in 1979. No, that was on their way down. Um, but so now they're bigger than ever. I get third row seats. I don't, I forget what it cost back then. It was something like 400 bucks, 375 bucks or something like that. Now, now those tickets would go like for 5,000. Thousands. But, oh yeah. Yeah. But dude, I couldn't believe it. Finally see them. They're back. The original, nobody, the fans couldn't believe it. Yeah. The band couldn't believe it. Uh, bigger than ever. They sold out. Detroit Stadium, Detroit Tiger Stadium Tiger. in like 45, 45 minutes. That's how big it was. It was a phenomenon. And then they kept doing tours, 98, 99. And then the same thing happened. Drugs. They, and they sucked on their instruments. They, they couldn't keep up. So they the same two guys get kicked out again <laughs> after like five years. After like the same thing happened. You think they learned their lesson? The same thing happened. So instead of replacing them with uh, new characters, because now they have their makeup on, instead of replacing them with new characters, because the first two times that they left, they were uh, they the original guy, the drummer was a cat, and he got replaced with a fox, like the dude dressed like a fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Carr, that's his replacement. <laughs> and then when Ace Freely, the original guitar player, left. He was the spaceman, iconic spaceman. Um, he got replaced with Vinnie Vincent, who was like an Egyptian onk type dude. He was like an Egyptian dude. Did so, it affect them? I mean, did the fans care that much? Yeah, yeah. That's when they started going down. Yeah, yeah. That's that was all part of it. It was the the music was sucking. They started doing disco type stuff. Mm. The original two original guys left. Yeah, it was falling apart. The way you were with Kiss. Was the way it was with Eminem. That's just the way I'm just being honest to my audience. I don't even know if they know that, but that it's the same. It was the same way growing up was Eminem. When Eminem came out through, I mean, everything he did, everything he said, I was, I was glued. I go to concerts, everything. I, it was the same, not probably not as powerful because I wasn't in a band, but I was producing hip hop in Chicago. And that was my dream is just, you know, having my own label, having my own artist. So I, I, I started my artistry production career technically in my mind as a music producer but it was because of eminem so is there is there someone that's newer uh that you respect in the in that same ballpark in hip -hop? nowadays yeah any oh. any new guys that are impressing the shit out of you no dude see i i really don't listen to new hip-hop it's very um I don't know, man, if it's the frequencies coming out of the stereo or something, but it hurts my head. It hurts my ears. It, it gets me in a bad mood. I, I try to I try to listen to new stuff. I just no new artists, man. I think the last new artist I'd say I liked was B.O.B. You know, B.O.B. was more underground, too. But there's just not hip hop nowadays, man. I, I, I don't vouch for it. I just I can't. would you nah. would you be so would you be as down with B.O.B. if he wasn't flat earth? No, I actually, that's the funny thing. It's a coincidence, but not really in a sense, the way the universe works. No, I've liked him way before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, B.O.B., all his underground mixtapes back in the day. And it, it just, it was weird how he did start talking about Flat Earth. He even said Eric Dubé's name in a, in a song. So I was like, holy shit. And it was just weird how I always liked him. He was one of the rappers I liked, the newer ones, you know, past 10 years, 15 years, whatever. And, hey, it turns out to be on in our realm. It's crazy. But, hey. 
Let's get into some big boy topics. Thank you, YouTube, for watching. Uh, come over to Rockfin. We're going to talk some, some cool shit. We'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on, Eddie. Thank you. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for coming over from YouTube. If you did just join us now, I do appreciate your love and support. Uh, if you're already a subscriber, then welcome. All right, Eddie, um, let's talk about some shit that, you know, especially that we can relate to uh, living in Cali. I mean, with this weather control, you've been in California for a very long time. Uh, your whole life? No? Yeah. Yep. Your whole life, yep. Cali? Okay. Yep. Have you seen this much rain, brother? I just want to know your opinion because I've only been in Cali for five years and I'll say no to that, but that's five years. So have you seen uh, it, this much it rain? It all comes in waves. I remember in the 80s when we would just have storm after storm after okay. storm and it was normal. And then we had like eight years where there was only two storms this year. I would keep track of storms like, you know, loosely in my head. I go, man, this was a mild winter. We only really had like three storms, okay. you know, um, and, you know, it just comes in waves. You know, for sure, they're spraying the, the skies. They've already admitted it. Yeah. It's, it's not even, it shouldn't even be debated. They're spraying the skies. They're putting metallic. They're telling you. They're telling you. They've already admitted it. Yeah. Uh, who admitted it? The CIA. John Brennan. John Brennan, yeah. In front of the CFR. It's on video. There's about 100 different copies of it. And I'll play um, it. And there's no reason for the CIA to even be talking about this stuff. That's what, to me, that's what goes over everybody's head is like, why is he talking about this? Why is he up there talking about this shit? Another example is the array of technologies, often referred to collectively as geoengineering, that potentially could help reverse the warming effects of global climate change. One that has gained my personal attention is stratospheric aerosol injection, or SAI a method of seeding the stratosphere with particles that can help reflect the sun's heat in much the same way that volcanic eruptions do. The National Research Council estimates that a fully deployed SAI program would cost about $10 billion yearly. Either you look at it as soft disclosure or you look at it as consent. You know, we're telling you, no one's rioting, no one's coming in, no one's saying anything. I'm sure there's people that say stuff, there's riots and stuff, little riots. I've seen a little bit on YouTube about chemtrails, but it's like everybody, it's right there every day for everyone to see. And it's like, oh, why is the, why is the weather? Again, for California, I can only say in five years that, I mean, it's like, it seems like since New Year's, it's just been shitty weather. And like every time someone comes to visit or flies out here, it's shit weather. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to, I've been apologizing all year for everyone it's, that comes. I'm like, I'm so sorry, yeah. dude. They're for sure fucking with the weather, but whether they did or not, this would be happening maybe at different times. It's just, it's a different mix. Yeah. You know, some it's, there's, I'm not even, um, you know, like when I was in my twenties, I would drive down whenever I was like driving uh, east to west, like on the 91 or even the 22 east to west, you would look to the north and you would see the mountain range, you know, all the mountains. So if you look to the north, there's a mountain range. You look to the south, there's nothing because it's like the beach, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you look at the mountain range and some, you know, you drive on the freeway and sometimes you could see the mountains and sometimes you can't see the mountains. After storms, oh man, you could see the mountains crystal clear. You could see Big Bear, you could see all that shit. And then, then sometimes during the summer, it'd be so smoggy 
Yeah, it'd be so much smaller. You couldn't even. You can't even see the mountains. It's because of curvature, Eddie. Curvature. So so I remember back then thinking, "Damn, if it there's going to be a time where we'll never be able to see the mountains, even after, even after uh, storms, because it's just going to be worse and worse and worse, and there's going to be more smog every year." This was in the '90s. This was in the '90s, and guess what? Today. It's exactly the same thing. Okay. In the summer, you can't see the mountains, too much smog. In the winter, after even just like right now, you can see you can see the, the mountains, even even uh, um, even if there wasn't a storm the night before. So it, what that tells me is that it's it just nothing really changes. The, we're not changing the weather one fucking bit. I mean, we're manipulating the weather with heart and chemtrails and all that stuff. Yeah. But if we didn't. The weather would just be different every year. Sure. No, kind that's of, fair. You know, yeah. You know. No, that's fair to say. I I just, I guess maybe it's just personally hurt me the, how shitty this year's been. But like you say, it's Yeah, normal. it's been really but, you know, hey, they, hey, since sure. Project Popeye, though, they've been, I mean, at least as far as I know, since Project Popeye, I don't know what year that was. I think maybe it was the 50s or 60s, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it was 50s or 60s, but they, they've admitted to spraying for the enemy, right? They've admitted to spraying stuff in the sky even back then. So who oh, knows? Yeah. They could have just been doing this for all along, and we just, you know, something we just started noticing now, breaking out of the matrix. It's like now we notice this stuff. Who knows how long they've actually been spraying over our heads? Um, what was Decades. the first? Yeah. Well, what was the first conspiracy? Like, what was the first time? Because I know you asked this a lot to your guests, so I'm like, let me cherry pick this. What woke you up? What was your red pill moment, man? What was your like something? Something? Something's off. There's something different, you know. Um. um when I was 11, finding out that everybody wasn't Catholic yeah. and finding out about Jews and, and Muslims and all these other religions. And, I'm yeah, like, wait a minute, so how do many. we know we're right? Yeah, that was my first one. I'm like, oh, then I became an atheist at that point. I'm like, yeah. okay, they're bullshitting us. They're lying about, about um, there's no God. So I became atheist. And then that's when I started getting into Slayer and writing like satanic fucking lyrics and shit. Well, do you think that organized, I mean, that's what I think organized religion actually does. In my, this is my opinion, but I feel like it, that's what it will do for people is say, hey, eventually they're going to get it in their own organized religion and go, wait, there's so many. And I was the same way, man. That I don't pick an organized religion. I don't think I ever really have, but I didn't go the atheist route. I'm glad you're not, you didn't, you're, you reverse that already but i never went there right i just said you know what there all these organized religions i don't want to pick any i i just i've always felt there's a creator and i just wanted to keep it that way and and i feel like speculation outside of that is kind of naive because no one no one really truly knows but um when did you go back from atheist you're like i'm atheist i'm doing metal i'm fuck this this that when it when did it hit you that wait hold on there might be a creator well, before I get to that, sure, when, sure. I was, when I was 15, here was another moment. This is a fake news moment where I couldn't trust the media. At okay. 15, 1985. Oh, I got to hear this. Um, I'm balls deep into Slayer, Speed Metal, like underground thrashing. It wasn't mainstream at all, but these bands were touring all over the world. We had the German thrash scene, we had Creator, Destruction, Sodom. I was fully into that. Like right when it was like their first album, the first Creator album. Um I loved all that shit. A uh, destruction. Come on, man. That was that was and then there was San Francisco thrash scene, Exodus, Death Angel. That's where Metallica came from. Although 
Lars and James Hetfield were started in LA. They were considered a San Francisco band. They ended up getting Kurt Hammett from, from Exodus, who was from, I mean, it's San Francisco had a thrash scene. I was really into that. And then the higher level mainstream metal was like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, uh, Motley Crue, Kiss, um, Dio even. So that, that was the mainstream. That's that's what was getting on uh, MTV. MTV. Although although some of the thrash bands, late night, Saturday night, Headbangers Ball, they'll throw some Slayer or some Creator in there. Uh, late night, three fifteen in the morning and shit. But the mainstream metal, um, and, and now that all the underground stuff, all those bands I mentioned, they were like straight up satanic lyrics. Like yeah. everything was just as as satanic as you could possibly get. Every song, Satan, just like for a while, their Satan was so hot. And then they kind of moved away from Satan. It got kind of old and go, let's talk about, you know, uh, how evil the government is. And it got kind of like conspiratorial of the thrash scene. But for a while, there was straight Satan, killing priests, killing babies, sending their souls to hell. The whole night of fucking dead corpses at a mortuary and then doing a satanic ritual on it. All that shit. That's a, a song called Necrophiliac by Slayer off Hell Awaits. I mean, so it was super satanic. Slayer's first album. There's a fucking pentagram with a goat. Yeah. Like, you look at Show No Mercy and then their second album, Hell Awaits. Look at that album cover. That's hell. They just put fucking hell in that motherfucker. Um, so, and is this, this is, this is the 80s or 90s right 80s, now? 80s. 80s. Okay. So they went from that. So they they took the the metal, and so there. You think the agenda with metal, in the sense of the labels and the promotion and the and the um, marketing, was for that. While they had gangster rap in their other pocket, going, "Let's kill everybody." You know, it's like, do you think it was a part of the same agenda as this this fake gangster rap movement that they created? Were they doing that in metal, or what? Like the metal heads were like, "We don't need the label to tell us to do that. We're gonna do it anyways." Is that how kind of how it was in metal? Or you think there was an agenda That's behind hard. push that shit? You have to at the very least supported and pushed by the controllers, right? Oh, uh, like you know, hip hop and all, the, or not hip hop, but how they hijacked hip hop, yeah. made it gangster, gangster right? made yeah. killing cool, and you know, making crying cool. Yep. Uh, it, on the other side, we had metal. The weird thing about the whole satanic movement in metal is it never got that big. It always yeah. stayed underground. It was it was True. never mainstream. But True. the mainstream bands, they never they never really got like nowhere near as satanic, nowhere near as like Slayer. No, nobody like Motley Crue had Shout at the Devil. But you you read those lyrics and, and you look at the, they're, they're they're like like touches of Satanism, but just like not in a. You know, when you're in the Slayer, you look at Molly Crew like you guys are lightweights. You know what I mean? You're not jewel or something like that. And 2020, the biggest news magazine show in the world back then on ABC, they did a special, like 45 minute episode on satanism and music and like oh, yeah. and 20 I years they were, so yeah. they went after they didn't go after slayer they didn't go after no creator or destruction they went after like judas priest like people that were like like me i was 15 
balls deep and all that shit. And I'm like, Judas, they're, they're accusing Judas Priest of being satanic. It was a joke. So now I'm at this, and they're going after Twisted Sister. I they're going rock, after, rock. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and Ozzy, Ozzy had some touches of yeah. like some evil shit, but nowhere near, they didn't even mention Slayer. And Slayer was selling out the Palladium. They didn't mention Slayer. Um, you would maybe, think they would have because they'd want people to be like, who's Slayer? Let's listen to them. So why They would have had more content. Yeah. If they would have just went after Slayer, they could have picked out any song and went through any line. But like with Judas Priest, you have to go to their third album, track eight, do the third verse. Look at what he says right here. I'm like, dude, you guys are looking in the wrong fucking place. So for me, that told me, okay, I can't trust the media. Right there at 15, I was like, this is 2020 on ABC and they don't know shit. They're so off. They're so They're wrong. Yeah. So basically, you're like they're lying right now. To everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you saw it from a so, perspective. So yeah. So hold on. Now you ask. You ask. How did I go back to God? Yeah. 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 The, the beginning was it when I was 21. I just moved to Hollywood. I'm walking up Sunset Boulevard. I'm passing the Roxy, which is a very famous club on the Sunset Strip. I'm passing the Roxy, and there's there's like this homeless long-haired homeless dirty dirty bum playing acoustic guitar and he's got this sign next to him that says uh i don't know x amount of trees get cut down a day the fucking rainforest bah, bah, bah. and he's singing he's like just uh in, like like an environmental hippie they could play guitar and he had long hair but he was like dirty and back then if you had long hair dude you got you had all the pussy when you had long hair for like, there was three years with damn, Oh my God. The dude, you, you went one day, you were a scumbag with long hair. Next day, you're a sex symbol. It's like crazy. But then it died after like four years. Once grunge hit, and then you became a fucking loser again. But for a while there, it was like, it was amazing. And I looked at him, I'm passing by him. And my friend John, he's about 20 yards behind me on Sunset. And I walk by and I, I look at this, this bum playing guitar. And I, the first thing I thought was like, man, if this guy would just take a shower and comb his fucking hair, he can get pussy, you know? And I and was the only new. Yeah. as I was walking by, he comes up to me and he says, Hey, if I guess your birthday, will you sit here and listen to me? And I said, okay. And he said, May 15th. And I'm like, what? What? And I'm like, okay. He lucked out. I said, John, John, come here. I go, guess this guy's birthday. John, John, come here, come here, come here, come here. Guess his birthday. And he looked at me and said, March 31st. And I'm like, what? So he started rambling about the forest and book and the Amazon. I wouldn't listen to shit. I, <laughs> I was just standing there with, with my away. jaw on the floor trying to figure out how he did that. And I thought, okay, either there is some kind of higher power and he told like maybe God or spirit told him or he like he has the ability to read thoughts or something and like some people can see thoughts I don't know but that got me on the road like oh shit there's some other shit going on because at that point I was like awful atheist we're gonna die and nothing you know we're, or, we don't have no souls 
And that was your spark. That was the that was the spark for you to go. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about if I could be full on atheist at this point because of exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I'm like, there's some other shit going on. That motherfucker. The odds that he could guess both our birthdays. There's some other shit. So I don't looking know, back, but looking back now as a grown man and knowing that knowing all these truths and 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 having the the feeling of of a real creator now in your mind and your heart and soul. You look back at that moment in your life. What do you think that was? Do you think that was a, uh, you know, a message from the higher being to get, you know, change your course of mindset, or was it a coincidence? Because that's a crazy event, Andy. That's not like, I mean, how can that happen? Two, two, yeah, the strangers, odd, the, right? The odds. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the odds of that. I, I, I was talking to Joe Rogan about that, and he was like, dude, like, we think we figured out the odds. Like, obviously the odds of guessing one birthday would be one in 365 right but to get two in a row is insane that's That's unheard of it's not like two and you know 700 it isn't that there's to get two in a row it isn't that it's some other shit it'd be a crazy number and i don't think anyone would dispute that that's impossible in terms of calling it a coincidence or he just guessed yeah especially when he called it out too especially when he called he called it out that's adds more uh uh, odds right i would guess your birthday and i'll guess yours that's i mean that's ridiculous i've never heard anything like that i've heard stories kind of similar with people go to psychics or they do whatever and it's you know i'm 50 50 on that type of shit but either way that I've heard you tell the story before, but man, I'll tell you, it gets me every time in my head. Like, how can that not affect you? And it did. Did it affect your buddy? Have you ever, did, did you guys talk about it that day? Like that year later that, you know, like did it affect him at all? Do you remember that day for him or did he say anything about it? I don't remember okay. anything yeah. except me. Yeah, of course. Tripping balls. Yeah. I didn't really talk to him about that. I don't, I, maybe I did. And I just don't remember. Hmm. Well, but I haven't talked. I haven't spoken to that guy in 25 years. His name is John Hudson. Okay, 25 years, and I just got his number the other day. Oh, and I called that. him, left a message. He called the other back, day, and I'm mentioning it now. Synchronicity yeah. is at all Crazy. time high. You never met John. No, I never, never met John. I met I met James. You once. met James. Yeah. yeah, James. I met James uh, but, once. So, oh, nice guy. When James recovered from yeah. when he beat cancer. He became very religious. He's super Christian, like right away. He thought, you know, he was in a coma, dude. He was in a coma. He he had brain hemorrhaging and uh, they cut a skull, a piece of his skull out. He still is missing a big piece I, of his skull. I'm sure he spoke um, to God many times during that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's all about the Bible. And in the beginning, I was like, man, not these are the this is the stuff that we used to like make fun of and now you're all about it and he goes dude god is real i don't know what to tell you god is real god saved me i should be dead and i was like okay if you want to believe that and i was like whatever okay what can i say he beat cancer he survived he woke up from a coma uh and then now now i'm like man he was He's on the right path. He really is. I haven't dove into the Bible. Yep. Um, I hear so many good things about it. Me too. And the, the little passages that come from it. 
uh, you know, every now and then on Instagram, I'll, you know, this is chapter three, 16 or whatever. And I go, this sounds pretty good. This sounds pretty good. I, I could be down with that. But um, I don't trust shit. Like, I don't trust the history. I don't trust government. So um, it's really hard for me to trust that that book hadn't been distorted and altered. I believe that the Bible has a lot of real shit in it. And, I agree. but yep. there's gotta be some distortion and some warping going on overall these yeah, years. They're not gonna, they're not gonna put the full truth book in, in a, for free in your hotel you know, dresser set. I mean, open it up. This is the pure <laughs> truth of the world. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I, never, I agree with you though. I, I never agree looked with you. at it like that. That's hilarious. It's just true though. They're not going to do that. And, and I've said this. I go as far as saying this, and I don't want to disrespect anyone, but the way the world is, it's so controlled, and we're still in a matrix. We're 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 unplugged, but we're still in a matrix. So I look at it as like even with churches and all this stuff. Again, you go back to in time and Tartaria and all the stuff and what were churches and what were they used for and what they, they've been converted into these buildings to pray with organized religions, right? So if that's the case, I look at it as like they brought in organized religion for diversion and they brought it in to confuse everybody and make everybody fight. Look at all these wars. Anything that's always like usually about religion, religion, religion. So with the Bible and all the other books, the Quran, all of them, I think that there's love in it. There's truth in it. There's, it's, it's like a guideline, but to trust it fully, like this is the word of our creator. I, I, I can't. And, and it sucks. Cause you, I want to, I want to, but I do know there's a lot of truth in that book and I'll never sway away. I'll never sway away from that. Like that you read some stuff in that book and you feel some stuff, you know, you're like, Whoa. So it's, it, it's, it's a powerful book, but I'm with you. They, there's no way that that's a pure, that's tainted. Um, I, well, the rumor is what the Vatican has the original. Even that I think is bullshit. I, I don't know where the original would be. And if there is an original, I, I wasn't there. So I can't really judge it one way or the other. I just know that like you, the world we live in now, it's hard to trust something like that, man. It's hard to be like, yeah, they'll promote that. Again. Go ahead. Churches are open. They would admit, they would tear down every church. Period. From from Jump Street, they wouldn't even allow this to happen. I think this is how they scripted it. All these different organized religions, everyone's saying, I'm right, you're right, I'm right, I'm right. Everyone's arguing, and they're missing the point. We're created. That's it. That's all you need to know. There's a creator, there's a God, you're special. Everything else is your own personal journey. You shouldn't, meaning, you shouldn't go, well, my per I don't have a personal journey. It's whatever my religion says. It's whatever my pastors telling us it's like no you need your own personal journey and i think me and you probably have our own in terms of our personal journey with our creator there is no book that's going to tell you how to do that you got to do it yourself that's my opinion i will, I will say this yep. and i'm not trying to like sound like i'm a bad motherfucker or anything like that but i do believe in a higher power i do believe that uh the bible has a lot of real truth in it um i do um, I believe that it's probably, um, you know, the manual on how to live your life right, you know, um, you, you know, you, uh, but <clears throat> even though I'm not, you know, I don't read any books, dog, you know what I mean? I, I, don't, read them. I, don't, I don't even read my own books. I've read more books than, than I've read, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really read books. Um, I'll do audio books, but, but. 
audio books are yeah. that's a different story but p- people say it doesn't count so i don't know if it counts shit i read that i'm a reader i'm a reader and that's what i do um but uh most people don't count audio books um but i do pray i do and i don't pray i don't ask for anything i never do no i don't I'm, i never pray to ask for anything all i do is just envision my grandma my grandpa my aunt terry my aunt my uncle pete my uncle art all my relatives that have gone and i put their faces in my head and i thank them that's you know when i do yoga i got a certain position in yoga i go this is this is the the part where i hold the pose and i picture all of them yeah my dad i picture him my uh his dad just as, as really as many dead people that I've known, I picture their face and I just thank them for, you know, all the memories getting, yeah, for, for getting me, for getting me this far. Yeah. And that's it. I'm yeah, not well, going to you know what? For me, we both talk about this a lot. I mean, we look at it in this world today. It's there's demons everywhere. We talk about this is demons. It's demons running everything. So for me, I look at it as like, okay, we got, we can kind of all agree that these demons are here and they're doing all these things. Well, then there's angels. And exactly. I think angels are here. The angels are protecting you. You have, you just mentioned a bunch of them. And I have my angels as well. And they, I'm like, when I pray, it's more about pro- like protecting us and, and guiding us through this war. You know, guiding us through this. Let us help us win. What can I do? How can I help you help them? You know, because we're we're in the middle of this war right now, and the time is now to 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 do what we do, and we're shifting consciousness one way or the other. And I I think a lot of people feel that. Even people I know in my personal life that they got nothing to do with conspiracies or anything. They're normal family, normal people. They're still now, especially like something's going on i feel something there's something strange and that so it's like we're in the middle of this war and i'm just glad i know many people on the good side and we stand for good we want this to go well we want our you know we want everyone's children to have a good future it's just hard man because we live in this fucked up world and us would you rather not know all this stuff and be matrix fight again and and not have the you know the mindset of the things we know or are you glad that this is going on that, i mean i know it had to happen we both agree this has had to happen all the stuff with covid just the hijacking the flu and scaring everybody and doing all these false flags and doing all the stuff it's like i agree with you that it had to happen are you glad it's happening are you glad that this is going on because it had to or would you want to just kind of just Bleep. i'm back in the matrix and i don't have any stress about this shit. just living my life like what, what no. would you choose i i embrace every moment now i really do in the beginning when people would ask me how you doing i'm like dude we're in the middle of the fucking new world order takeover and you're asking me how the fuck i'm doing like i i was really pissed at first you know but now looking back i realize man we really need i used to I used to be really mad when people would ask me, how are you doing? Like in the, in 2020, I'm like, dude, dude, shit's falling apart. The new world order has emerged. All this shit is happening now. Uh, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, you know, but now looking back, 
I, I embrace it now. I'm like, we need to go through this. There's no other way. We have to do this. And I have, I have a son, you know, I, I, I got to fucking fight dog. I can't just put my head in the fucking sand and pretend this shit's not happening. I can't, you know, but I, I got to be smart too. Correct. I'm doing this. I'm doing this in a, in a strategic way. Yep. You know what so I mean? Same, you know? same as you. Yeah. You know, there's like Mike Tyson is like the new world order. You know what I mean? Mike Tyson's vicious he in is. his prime. He's vicious. He got a crazy right hand, fucking left uppercut, left hook. He got three in, incredible bombs he can fucking throw. If he connects with any of those three bombs, you're going down. So you could go, you could just walk right into all that shit, or you could use some footwork, some bobbing and weaving, and be smart about it. You know what I mean? I mean, it would be stupid to say, you know what? I don't give a fuck about his right hand. I don't give a fuck about that left hook i'm just gonna walk right into it fuck this dude let's yeah, go i'm outside i'm outside the arena handing out little notes saying what's going on inside that's all i'm doing i'm not going in the ring but i'm just handing little notes like hey stay here, here just read yeah, the note yeah, yeah. you got to be smart man yep. we're we're in a game this is a fucking game if you don't want to play the game you know you, you i want to be as righteous as i can be you know i'm not perfect I have, uh, you know, um, weaknesses and flaws, but I'm trying to do the best I can. And like I said, I got a family. I got to fucking fight, man. But I'm not going to be stupid about it. I'm going to be smart about it. And, you know, uh, you know, you got to play this game, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? But if you don't want to play the game, you want to play the game, go to the fucking Congo. And you don't have to play no fucking game. You know what I mean? And you know what's going to happen here? You're going to get eaten alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go to the Congo. Nothing's stopping you. Go to the Congo. Man, we're in this fucking crazy game. And, and you, you say, you know, certain things at a certain time. You could just get clipped. You want to get clipped? Or do you want to fucking, you still take them down, but you got to be, you got to be smart. You can't just go at them fucking guns are blazing. Oh, pull out your fucking ARs and let's just go to the Capitol and fucking blow people up. Like that, what is that going to do? Oh, he's got a lot of balls. He's got so much courage. Guess what? He's in fucking prison. Yeah. And, 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 and because he went on this magical person we're talking about, because he went through all that, maybe he'll get local news coverage. But the, the type of war we're in right now, man, the censorship is that's their number. I and mean, people are like, hey, man, they'll just shoot you. No, no, no. That, their gun, their number one gun right now is to censor you and to make sure that you don't get more than even a million people to hear it. You know, that that's their number one thing. Because I'm different, man. I think that there's there's laws out there that even they have to abide by, okay? Like not harming others. People always, not, not everyone argues with me. There are people that agree with me. They're, they do exist, guys. But I just feel like they're, they're not here... The elitists—they're—they're they're destroying our world, but I feel like it's a demon versus demon war. We're just peasants, all, collectively, all of us. That doesn't matter if you're a blue check mark or not, or you're a multi-millionaire or not. We're peasants during this war, and I think one type of demon—they don't really want to kill us. They will. They don't really want to. And then the other type of demon—they're the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst with our children and everything else. So it's it's this war going on and I just feel like it, it's, I don't know. I had this feeling, man, it's just going to be over soon. I don't know. So it's I, like, you know what people yeah. would, would, would over the last, it's been three years. Exactly. Dude, three years exactly now since the fucking scam demic. Exactly. And, and, um, I, I thought like within six months, people would figure it out. And, uh, uh, 
people like us would be redeemed. But it, man, I, I kept saying like, dude, I got I got some friends, dude, super liberal friends, and they're not they're not saying, oh, you were right, dog. We're with you. Like so, when people are saying people are waking up, people are waking up. I'm like, dude, I know one guy who uh, woke up, uh, who awakened. Let me get that straight. Yeah. One guy who awakened. And he came out, you know, and he's like, dude, you're right. You know, but I'm like, dude, I, what about my, all my other friends? That, well, here, here I'll interrupt you right there. They're not, there's a lot of people in this world. I know them. They will never give you credit. They're never, no, but, they, but, but they woke, but they woke up. They're not going to tell you. Yeah, no, no. But even, even um, saying things that would uh, lead you to believe that they're, they are, have awakened. Yeah. I haven't really heard that, but oh. lately, lately, oh my yeah. god lately one of my most liberal friends we're having we're having lunch and uh you know he had um he had a uh an epiphany mm. he's like dude what's up with all this this transgender shit going on what's going on I'm like what he goes yeah with the drag queen shows or whatever and I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? He goes, man, me and my other liberal friend, you know, he has kids and he's worried about all this other stuff too. What they're, they're trying to normalize cutting your dick off for children. You know, like what? So you want to cut your dick off? That's the one to get them. That's the one to get them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, look at that. Look what we have here. Nice. So it is, It times are changing. Um, so that, anyone do that with COVID yet? Like, I mean, not saying, Hey man, you were right. Nothing personal, like direct, but anyone in your life in the past three years go that you probably never would have expected to, but they were like, man, something's fishy about this. Something's going on. Yeah. A lot of my family members for sure. Um, you can tell what, you know, with the people that were so for the job, you know, they're so back in those early days when they were so into it. And now when you ask them, like, uh, how many shots you get, dude? And they go, dude, I only just got the first two. I only got the first two. When they say that, I'm like, ooh, you only got the first two. Oh, not going to get any boosters, huh? No, no. What? I go, why aren't you getting boosters? And they're like, oh, you know, there's, I feel like there's, you know, that's just overkill. You don't need to get boosted. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. They're figuring it out. Because when they get defensive and they go, I only took the first two, that tells me that they regret it. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, rub it in their faces. I'm no, like, okay, no, no, no. okay, finally, shit, we're Way here. Let's move forward. Yeah. Now use your newfound knowledge to help others. You know, And common sense. It. And common yeah. sense they should use yeah. too from here on out. I, I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think another pandemic, uh, whether they want to try to do that or not, I, I just don't think it's going to work. I don't know. No, no. it's going to be weak as fuck. You know what? The, the ironic thing about it, it's going to be, it's going to have the same uh, uh, principles as a vaccine. Because what, what is a vaccine supposed to do, right? It's supposed to uh, prepare your body. You put in like a fake virus which is so when you fake. Get that's virus, a double entendre yeah. you put a fake virus in a body so that your body can prepare against when it really comes that's what they fucking did they used this fake shit and now we're ready for it now lockdown it's it, lockdowns ain't gonna be shit 
There's no way. They already tried it. I mean, we've already seen it like in, in LAX. I've, I've talked about it before on my podcast where in, in LAX, you're, you're still supposed to be wearing masks, but half the people don't wear masks. And no I, was just, I was there recently. They still announced it over the PA. Yeah, they still it's got big hilarious, ass. hilarious, though. It's funny. Yeah. It's like, what? They, they, won't, they, they can't back off. They got to keep moving forward. It, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's like they have no choice. They have no choice but to fully expose themselves. They're just exposing them to themselves more and more. The more they double down and the more they push forward with it and they don't just give up on it, they're just, man, they're just waking more and more people up. So if if their whole agenda was to get everybody jabbed, get everybody on vaccine passports, have this worldwide database, full control, uh, I think that was the only, and I taught people about this all the time. I think that would have been the only way to really have a, you know, call it an alien invasion or whatever you want to call it, whatever they're trying to set up, their, their final card, all this. I, it's going to be hard to try to do that now without this New World Order plan that got fucked up for them. I feel like yeah. everybody's just walking around outside. Doing, all of a sudden there's UFOs like can't do that anymore. I, I, in my opinion, I'm not saying they won't, but I just feel like they can't do that anymore. Like they're going to have to, it's like they could have at that time, if the pandemic worked the way it could have, let's be real. Like that shit could have really worked. Like, holy shit. Could, we'd still be in lockdown if the shit worked. So um, obviously something came in and, 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 and fucked it up. I don't know if it was the people, the, 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 the Patriots, the, the conspiracy theorists, the uh, constantly. Um, yeah. Operation Warp Speed. Well, all right, so talk about war speed. Obviously, my audience is, you know, <laughs> anti-Trump. No, nah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'm no. You could listen. I, I've heard the story about Operation Warp Speed and why. I look at both sides, though. I always look at both sides. Of course, I have to because I don't know the man, you know. But I, I, I vote for the good side of that. I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to do that. Like I vote for man. I hope that's right. I hope that Trump just Operation Warp Seed, speed it up, fuck their shit up. All of it makes sense from uh, on paper. I just hope it's right. And I'll never know if it's right. I'll never but know. Think if about it's this. Right. Think about this. Think about this. You know, uh, Donald Trump has had anti vax tweets from back in 2011, 2013. Yep. And he's on 9 11. Yeah, I know. And, yep. and, and, you know, he's anti vax. Yeah. And, uh, even Bill Gates is on video. You've seen the video when Bill Gates says, yeah, the first time I talked to Donald Trump, he wanted to like look into vaccines and their safety. And I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. Dude, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do you know that. that That's not good. You know that? that That's not good. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember that. So, so for a fact, <laughs> Donald Trump was on the anti-vax side. Right? That is, that's true. I'll give you that. Right. Okay, okay. That's true. Okay, so, and then like fast forward to like this year, and uh, Donald Trump Jr., who's very, very tight with Donald Trump, yes. very, he always posts anti-vax stuff. Yes, he does. Always, always. When people die, he's always posting uh, Fauci's a fraud, uh, the, the vax. He's always posting anti-vax stuff. Donald Trump Jr., correct? Go ahead. And again, for my audience, right? I guarantee right? you right. don't even know this. I'm talking to my audience. You probably didn't even know that. Who, who goes to Donald Trump Jr.? But he is posting this stuff. Remember, go ahead, Eddie. Donald Trump Jr. has a yep. tremendous following. Million, millions yep. of people follow him. And he's posting uh, anti-vaccine, anti-vax stuff all the time. All the time, right? And in the middle of all these, the posting, Donald Trump's already an anti-vaxxer. But then all of a sudden, he's pro-vaxxer. 
All of a sudden, he's pro-vaccine. All of a sudden, Operation Warp Speed. All of a sudden, he makes a deal with Big Pharma. All of a sudden, they, they push not one vaccine through, four vaccines. Boom. They push them all through right away. Nobody wanted it. Kamala didn't want it. Fauci didn't want it. Joe Biden didn't want it. Watch all the clips where they didn't want it. They're like, what is this guy? It takes 10 years. It doesn't take nine months. This guy's great. Who's going to take it? Who's going to take it? Donald Trump? Donald Trump's pushing this. Donald Trump is a genius. He knows that if he pushes something, the mainstream uh, uh, media is going to push the opposite way. So he backed him in the corner. He goes, you know what? I'm going to be pro-vax. You know what I mean? It's going to kill some people, but the other way is going to kill. Casualties in every war. war. Yeah, it's going to kill. You know? That he had to go pro-vax or stay anti- if he would have if he would have went anti-vax, dude, they would have clogged up the news with nothing but anti-vax stuff. Anti-science, anti yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and if he would have been anti-vax, he wanted to went Operation Warp Speed. How are you gonna be anti-vax and go Operation Warp Speed? He had to go pro-vax. He had I, to it go makes pro-vax. sense. No, no, I, I say it all so the he time. He backed him into the sense. corner. Yeah. He backed him into the corner. At first they were all against Operation Warp Speed. But then they, they're like, fuck, they're coming out with it. He made a fucking deal with Big Pharma. He, he did. He's a deal maker. He, Listen, he, man, he, all, he, of he, it, he put- all of it, hold on real quick. All of it makes sense in terms of if it was a covert operation or an operation uh, underground, you know. Um, that's what happens in sting operations. Exactly. You know, that, that's the People word, sting posing. operation. It could definitely be a sting operation. The one, th- the main hangup I have with Trump, and people might be surprised about this. Let me, let, let me before you start, keep that yes. thought. Let me finish. Let me finish. Sure. So sure. now, so now, so we know Donald Trump Jr. posted all this anti-vax stuff. Donald Trump posted anti-vax stuff before, and now he's pro-vax. And now, even today, these days, Donald Trump will remind the world that he would remind, he's bragging about the vaccine. After all this disaster, that dis- you don't think he knows about the disaster? You don't think Donald Trump knows the vaccine disaster and all the, the side effects and the people dying and died suddenly and heart attack, yeah. people dying in their sleep? Everybody knows people having heart yeah, attacks. They know. He knows. Everybody no knows. He doesn't. You don't think he doesn't know about that? So why would he go out and brag? Why would he brag? about the vaccine he would shut the fuck up about the vaccine. you shut don't bring it up you fucked up but he brags remember everybody i was the one that brought the vaccine out remember that it was your president donald trump i'm the one that was the greatest achievement of the world i look at that as him bragging about fucking up the new world order that's how i see it dog that's how he's not that dumb he's not that dumb he knows what's going on with all the heart attacks and the died son. Why would he be bragging about? He's bragging about fucking up the vaccine passport. No, and again, with COVID and the vaccine, playing devil's advocate, it's easy. But to hear that story, it does make sense to me. It, it does, that would kind of have to happen if he was playing good guy. You'd have to do this strategy. Yes. Because you're in That's war, it's gonna happen. You have yeah. to pose. You have to pose it. as a drug dealer. As, can you imagine Sting Operation? And like you look at this FBI agent, look, he's doing drugs. He's, he's selling drugs. Like, dude, it's a Sting Operation, you dumb motherfucker. I agree. And I agree with that. Meaning I try to look at that from the perspective of, you know what? I hope that's true, man. Because that it does make sense. And if it is true, that's way better. Way better than it not being true. Everything's yes. controlled. Everyone's uh, yeah. uh, friends. Yeah. Every- look, saying everyone's friends and they're against us, 
that's lazy and easy. And I could believe that too. I could, I could also believe that, of course. But I'd rather believe that for now and hope that's true. The only hangup I really have with Trump really has nothing to, not much to do with COVID. It was before that. It was his 5G. It was his implementation and, and expedi- expediting 5G across the country. And he was the one that was on TV saying, um, you know, we need to speed this up. 5G will be as much as 100 times faster than the current 4G cellular networks. The FCC is taking very bold action, probably bolder than they've ever taken before. It's a new frontier to make wireless spectrum available. By next year, the United States is on pace to have more 5G spectrum than any other country in the world. That's a big statement because, as you know, some people got ahead of us. We should have been doing this a long time ago, as advanced as it may be. In addition, last October, I directed the Department of Commerce to develop a national spectrum strategy to free up even more spectrum for economic activity, including 5G. The FCC has also taken action to streamline the permitting process for 5G infrastructure with state and local governments. That's a big deal. Uh, It takes too long to get permits. We're going to free that situation up and we're going to put limits and uh, the local areas are going to listen to us very, very strongly. They have a big incentive to do that. They must now approve new physical infrastructure within 90 days instead of many years. It can sometimes take three, four, and five years. Uh, We're going to put a limit of 90 days. And there is now a cap on the unreasonable fees local governments often charge. They get greedy. They think, hey, we can really take advantage, and it ends up that everybody gets hurt. He just push it out, roll it out. We're going to be number one in the world. We're going to have the most 5G towers. It's the most beautiful thing. So that threw me off because that was the first time in his presidency that I was like, I can't stand him right now, man. What the fuck is he doing? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. If he's, if he's a, uh, an awakened person, he's going to be against this. Now, how? it's not about how do you spin that. It's not about that, Eddie. It's about is could there be an Operation Warp Speed vibe with that too? was i mean again it's too maybe it's too quick to think about but how i don't know it's like i try to like okay if he's a good guy why would that happen how can i spin that how can like what is that and i'm lost with that that's the only thing really man i'm there's i'm sure there's more things i'm sure there's things you don't like about him no one loves him a hundred percent no one's perfect but that's the one thing i it's like i can't knock it out i can't knock it out i don't know why man i can't knock it out i i don't know enough about 5g yeah i don't I, it's it sounds like it's bad but we're all on it you know what i mean so it's like uh we're, yeah, we're, we're all, doing, we're all are, in it no are I, we I, doing I, 5g I, right now so i don't know i i, I don't think it's on yet eddie that's just my opinion no. though that's just me this is my world my mind i don't, I don't think it's on I, everyone complains okay. about 5g it's not even fast it sucks I don't even think it's really going to be for the internet. I think they're, t- I'm not saying Trump. I'm saying the technology of 5G towers. And we all know there's satellites in the sky, thousands of them. I think they're going to be triangulating their holograms coming soon, unfortunately. I hope Maybe. I, I don't really know that much about 5G. Um, I think I- the towers are going to connect with satellites, and that is how they're going to be displaying their trickery in the sky say it again you broke up sorry say it one more time 
I don't know that much. I hope five G is uh, benign, yeah. right? You hear me? I do. Yeah. I hope it is. I hope it's like one of those things. It's like, dude, they were trying. Like maybe because they're trying to scare us all the time, right? It's always like fear, 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 fear. fear. Yeah. Maybe five G fear is part. They need that. Maybe they need the five G fear. I don't know. Maybe they need it. Maybe that that fear, the five G fear. Maybe they create because. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I hope I know. that's what I mean. I don't either. That's the only hang up. Yeah, I hope it doesn't fuck. I hope. I don't know. Well, again, I'm not fear mongering because I'm I'm usually in a boat on my own here with 5G. It's like I uh, for I, I'm half and half. Half of it is, yeah, the fear of, you know, they just zap starts microwaving shit. And we're like, what the hell is going I, you on? You know what I want to see? I want to yeah. see. I want to see some. I want to see. I want to see a documentary with irrefutable proof that what 5g does like show me a documentary i'm like dude i like i want to see that i, I, I made one I, it's it, not 5g if 5G. you if you ever seen my the one i made a few years back you know we had there was people that went to the local their local state whoever's in charge of air contamination it's your job there's we're te- they brought part like we're testing particles look what's in this your job in the state is to this should not be and they're just they don't want to talk. It's like a NASA employee. Like, I can't, no comment, no comment. Like, what do you mean no comment? This is your job. And that's in the film. And obviously I got, uh, what's her name? The whistleblower. You had her on the show. I, I got a lot of her stuff in there. Uh, Megan, Kristen, Megan, right? Kristen, Kristen Megan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and I got people testing with the EMF kits, 5g towers there. Holy shit. It's off the radar. They go through a brick building. It's still zapping the, 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 uh, the meter. So again, I don't know in terms of direct effect, what it's doing to us now could, who's I just talking to about this recently. It doesn't matter. I I was telling them that if you notice every time there's a new thing introduced, whether that's 1g, 2g, 3g, 4g, 5, doesn't matter. Even stuff before they even like radio, radio towers, just whatever. There's always a wave of flu right away. Soon as they announce, Hey, we're coming out with new technology. They're like, by the way, a new flu's a new flu's coming out right now. Same fucking time. Every time, not like, Oh, just only once or twice. Every time it's everyone has the flu and now 5g's all over. And then here comes COVID. I think there's a link between them that a lot of us forget about, but that's just my opinion. Because 5G was introduced technically, at least I think even mainstream says this, Eddie, that it was in Wuhan. First first rollout and testing it on people was Wuhan. And if everyone got sick, they're like, oh, shit, uh, we found a virus? I don't know. Roll with it. Roll with it. And that's how I feel. I'm kind of alone in that. A lot of people, a lot of people don't talk about that too much. But um so I don't know. They could be using it for multiple I, I'm things. down with that. I'm down with that. That could yeah. be it too. But, and you know, it could be, uh, there could be a couple things like Trump said, like, like if you sit down with Trump, like what the fuck's up with the 5G thing you did? He goes, dude, I had to do that because if you do, 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 do. That could That's be what I mean. I'd like to, I'd like to hear know. that. I don't know. That's all. Not from you, but from him, obviously know. from him, not from you. You don't know. Um, yeah. I'd like to hear that from him. And then if I heard a good enough answer from him, even if it was like a low key answer from Trump or his son or anyone like a, there's like a low key answer about it, then, then, you know, I'd have different opinions maybe again, cause I'm hopeful, man. It's, I'm not a, I'm not an idiot or gullible, but I'm hopeful that, you know, there's gotta be good. It could also be, world, it could also be that 
He doesn't know everything. He There's guys out there that you know personally that are good people, that are trying to do the right thing. They got families, and they think uh, 5G's good, man. What are you talking about, Hitler? 5G, like, you know, it's for business and for yeah. fucking da-da-da. And they just don't know. Like, they just don't know that. Like, maybe the truth is that 5G fucks you up and, and gives you cancer and all that shit. Maybe that's the truth. But there's good people out there that don't believe that. Maybe yeah. Trump is just one of those guys. Like, he thinks he's doing, like, the great presidential shit, dude. We're going to get 5G everywhere. We're going to be the most powerful, productive country ever. Fastest internet ever. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know. I because, hope. I um, hope. I hope. Yeah, I hope so. I just. I don't know. Because. he sucks, if, man. If. If. <laughs> Well, I mean, Trump my piece of advice is, is get a just always be prepared because as far as my research goes, lead, lead, you get lead bullets, lead BBs, whatever, doop, doop, doop. That 5G tower is toast for my research. I'm not, I haven't tried it, yeah. but for my research, it, you want to defeat a 5G tower in your community. Someone's got to get the balls and say, uh, let me just do it from my backyard in the, in the dark and doop, doop, doop. Let me say, well, what if that's all it was? If that's all it was, I hope I'm right. Then I, I don't think anyone should really care about him if we could take him down with some BBs. That's all. Dude, he's so, dude, Trump is so against climate change, dog. Yeah, I that, know. You're right. That right there. That it's fake. Right yeah. there. Right there, dog. Right there. The, the controllers don't like that shit. And he's, dude, he got us out of the, the Paris Accord climate change thing. Like, dude, that's huge. He's trying to. Dude, what the shit? You just got to listen to everything he says. There's a plan going on, and he's part of that. He's the quarterback of that plan. And it, and if I'm wrong, man, and I could be wrong, I'm not right about everything, but it's uh, he. If if we're gonna fucking uh, revamp this country and the election process and all the corruption, he's the guy to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the guy. People think Ron DeSantis. I don't know. There's a lot of shit coming on around, out about Ron DeSantis. First of all, George Soros is supporting him now. Wow. That's not a good sign. And he went to Yale. I mean, they say everyone goes to Yale and comes out with, with, with uh, power politically, has something to do with skull and bones. And then there's video of Ron DeSantis. And they ask him, who's your mentor? Who do you look up to the most in politics? He said, George fucking Bush. Yeah. Um, there's a video of him saying George. I'm like, okay, maybe he was stupid back then and maybe he's awakened now. That could be real. Because he does a lot of great shit in Florida. He's doing a lot of good shit. Do you rule, good do shit. you do you rule out uh um, oh shit. You're breaking up. Hold on. Hey listen, we gotta hey listen, we gotta trust somebody, dog. You gotta trust you don't trust anybody. We are China. Yeah. We are China. You see what's going on in China? You think that's just some like fluke accident? China, they got it a lot. They got the carbon credit that's coming here. And guess who's fighting it? Guess who's against carbon credits? Donald Trump. That's what they're trying to do here. He's against that shit. He's I against don't... vaccine mandates. He put sure. out the he put out the vaccine. He put it out, and I think he put it out to fuck everything up. And guess what? Everything got fucked up. And but he, at the same time, he was always promoting HCQ. Who's promoting HCQ? He was promoting ivermectin. Who was doing that? He was demonized for all that shit. What about look at how the the deep state, CIA, FBI, everybody, Hollywood, corporate, everybody was against Trump. They created Trump derangement syndrome. Even people that it's so strong that even people that are figuring out mainstream media is full of shit. 
those people, those same people that are going, dude, mainstream media is full of shit. They're yeah. totally full of shit. Even people that got smeared on mainstream media, but then they still think Donald Trump is a dick. I they agree. still think that. Like, and- dude, if, if, if Donald Trump is not legit, we will have a carbon credit system. We will have a social credit system and we will have 15 minute cities if if Donald Trump is a trick. Well, I if think Donald that Trump will be implemented. Oh, that's something they're going to attempt we're anyways. We're that, that's something that no, but Donald Trump is against it. Donald Trump is against yeah. it. He's no, no I know what I'm saying the demons that are that are technically run trying to run this world right now. They're trying to implement all these things anyways. Whether who's against them or for them, they're still going to be attempting to do this to us. And it's up to it's still up to us as a population, as humanity, to either consent and allow it or not. And I think the number one thing, even besides if Trump, let's just say Trump was legit and, and he was for us and he's going to help us, the still, I think he would even agree, the number one thing to, to win this war is the, us as people waking up, speaking about it, telling our neighbor and not consenting, period. That that literally well, can change consciousness in a week, you know? Yeah, but you also need to take control of the political system. You can't deal with these people. Look at all, look, why is every fucking other country besides the United States, how many countries are there, like 100 and something, 200? How come all those countries, they, 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 they're pretty much tyrannical? Yeah. Look at you don't think Russians and and the Chinese and you don't oh, think they're full they're, they're have smart people yeah. they're smart people and they know what's up they can't do nothing about it because the political system will put them in jail. Yeah, we are Mexico. free still. You know we, are, we do have this freedom here more than a lot of countries. You guys got to you got to remember one. that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're the last yeah. one, and we're all the controllers know that that's a problem. So they, that's why they're constantly going after the guns. That's why they're constantly going after the First Amendment. Because once they crush the Constitution, then we will turn into, like, we will turn into the, a, a country like all the, the rest of the world. And that's what I'm saying, I mean, though, Eddie, is that that's not, they're not going to be able to do I don't do want that. to hear that Australia school and Canada school. Yeah, they're not going to, in my opinion, though, I don't know Politically, if you Politically, they can. I don't think they're going to be able to. What do you, do they, they do. They do. Do one thing. One thing. One thing. I love everything you do. I would suggest you uh, um, uh, look into the po- the political bullshit that you don't want to look into because it's all bullshit. You got to be. You got to be on top of that too. I, I look more into local. The- I look more into local stuff because I feel like that's really the only thing that we as people can control at the moment and quickly. The federal stuff and the and the big time stuff, yeah, it's, it's a far fetch. For sure. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's huge. Well, you know what? It's huge, but it's all connected though. The yeah, reason and- why uh the reason but not for you. I'm not saying for you yeah. because you do so much. You don't you don't need to do that. You don't need to get involved politically, locally, because you're spending a lot of your time. Your your job is another job. You're you're on fucking line. You got your own your own platform and you're you're putting out documentaries. You're doing way more than the average guy. And the average guy that can't do documentaries like you, because they can, they're just the average guy. You still have a job to do. You have to get involved politically locally unless you want to do a show and spread the truth and help out that way maybe one day that's what you're doing that's what you're doing you know what i mean that's what i'm doing i'm doing a lot of shit yes you are you're helping a lot joe rogan talking a lot of shit 
Yeah, you're talking biggest, about biggest the biggest show the, ever the, in the history of the world. You're on I'm the biggest show in the world talking. You're in the biggest show in the world talking flat Earth. You've been on the biggest show in the world Viruses talking Tartaria, yeah. COVID. Yeah, you know, yeah. dude, you're yeah, doing so it, man. I'm, That's I why think, we love you. My audience loves you. Everyone I've ever spoken to in the last four years has nothing but love and praise for you and every and everything you do. You're loved in this community uh, mo probably more than anyone, man. So, and I, I love appreciate you too. that. I appreciate that more than anything. I really do. I really every day I count my blessings, and every day. I appreciate what I have. I don't, I never ask for more. I never do. I really, I think I have so much and I just thank the universe or whatever it is around God, yes. my Correct. dead relatives. Amen. I thank them. Damn. Thank you for keeping me alive. You know, cause I could easily be dead right now. And I appreciate everybody that's out there. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, um, man. Thank uh, you for coming on. on the show. You're doing God's work. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate right, our man. friendship. And um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate everybody watching the show. Thank you for joining the Hibbler Effect. And tune in because pretty soon, I would assume now, I'm, I, when I come on Eddie's show, we're going to, I want to kind of talk to Eddie about this Trump thing a little bit more. And I, I'll be tying in my opinion with Michael Jackson and Donald Trump regarding that topic uh to, to, yeah. to shed some Hell light yeah. on that That's, yeah yeah we've been sure. talking about that for a while i yep. want the so, ultimate michael jackson fake this death yeah I connection know. with trump connection with jfk yep and and uh also um how how do you pull off uh faking your death at that level he's so famous i want to know all that yeah we're gonna talk dude we're, we're gonna, gonna have fun to we're gonna have when look man me and i just want to end on the show that's my boy want to talk some truth want to talk some personal stuff and 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 just i hope you guys enjoyed it but when i come on look into it sooner than later um we're gonna we're gonna have fun so hope thank you thanks again rockfin for joining us thank you everybody thank you eddie uh god bless you. we'll see you next time all right see ya.